Welcome to Realoran International Ministries Incorporated with Anne Elizabeth, where real people meet a real God. Welcome to Realoran. I am so glad that you have joined me today for our look in our lesson in prayer. First Thessalonians uh, chapter 5 verse 17 reads, pray without ceasing. Let's check this out. What is prayer? What is prayer? Prayer is communication with God. When you get up in the morning, you talk to God. Good morning, God. Or whether you're riding your bike or you're making dinner or you're fixing a car or you have a flat tire, (laughs) you talk to God. What do I do about this? You know, what do you think about this? Or somebody asks you, will you marry me? And you go to God and you say, what do you think about this, God? What is the right choice? Or what business am I supposed to be involved in? Or what career path is best for me? And you get still with God and you talk to God. That is what prayer is called. It's simply speaking to God, communication with God. Uh, the Greek word for prayer is prosekuma, and it means to entreat God, to ask something of God, to speak with God. Many times in my life, I have gone to God with many big issues, many problems, uh, family members, etc., and I have made a prayer request to God, and I believed that I received You know, the Bible tells us that without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God, or she that comes to God, must believe that God is, that God is real, a real God, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And I remember going to God and praying for different things throughout my life, and many times I had to wait And the prayer was answered years later. And sometimes the prayer was not answered at all. And years later, I found out why. And the why was always for my benefit. It was always for the good that he didn't answer that prayer. So it's very interesting, you know, when you go to God and communicate with him. It's simply called prayer. And he loves to hear from you all the time. And we communicate with God, just speaking to God like you would anyone else. You know, God is is in the invisible realm. He's omnipotent. He's everywhere at once. And he can hear everyone at once. And he knows every detail of our life, absolutely every detail of our life. And he loves you more than the moon. Are there certain hours that uh, God is up and maybe he's he's vacant, you know, sign a, a sign on his door saying closed, uh, no prayer request today, gone golfing? No. You can always find God 24 hours a day, seven days per week, which is really nice. So many people think they have to stand in a church to pray to God to be heard, or maybe they have to stand at a wall to be heard, or maybe in a certain position to be heard. And uh, that is not true. You can speak to God anywhere, anytime, anyhow. He loves speaking to his creation. He loves to hear from you. So he never has a sign on his door that says, 
uh, gone fishing with Abraham or out to lunch with Peter or, you know, uh, hanging out with Moses. He's always available. And I love that about God. And you can speak to God and you can talk to God, not only about the things that you want, but just about life in general. And you can get to know God in, in close fellowship with God, not only through praying and speaking and communicating with God, but also knowing who God is by knowing his book. Because in the book of Revelation, it says that Jesus Christ is the word of God, dipped in blood for you and I. So it's it's a very special journey getting to know God by communicating with God through prayer or talking to God and by reading his word. Can I say or pray anything to God? I mean, is is he up for, for anything? Of course. God loves to hear you speak. He made your vocal cords. There's only one person in the world that has your sound. God created the sound, your voice, that comes out of you. It's very special. He's also created the sounds and the variations of language throughout the earth. There's actually 6,500 languages at this present time. He's a genius, our creator, and he loves to hear the voice that he specifically made for you, along with everything else he made about you. And he loves to hear you speak. He loves the sound that comes out of you. Do I need to be in a certain position when I pray? You know, I, I grew up in a, a church where everybody had to kneel. You know, kneeling is probably the most uncomfortable thing a human being can ever do to themselves. I'm not sure if our knees were really meant to be uh, to be kneeling, quite frankly. It's a hinge, you know, where your lower leg is separated from your upper leg. Um, you know, we do have to kneel to, to do certain activities, but to, to think that you have to kneel and be in pain for God to, to, to recognize you and for God to hear you is ludicrous. God made you to be his son and God made you to be his daughter and he loves you. You can, you can talk to God lying flat on your face or lying on your back or driving your car or riding your motorcycle or enjoying a boat ride, um, hanging out at the beach, uh, anywhere, anytime, anyhow. God loves to hear from you. Can I ask God anything when I pray? I mean, are there certain subjects that he says, no, we're not going there. Uh, I don't talk about this subject. Maybe you want to talk to God about your sex life. Maybe you're uh, in a marriage and your sex life has just gone down the tube. Can I talk to God about my sex life? Of course you can. You can tell God the issue and then you can kind of wait. You know, after we speak to God about a problem, we need to wait for his answer. We need to get our Bible out in our notebook and just kind of see where he leads us uh, in the resolution for whatever problem we bring to him. There's no subject that you can't talk to God about. Maybe uh, you have sinned greatly and the only one that knows about it is God. And he's waiting for you. He's waiting for you to come and talk to to him about what you did. Say, you know, God, I, I messed up. I have a big secret hidden and uh, it's causing me a lot of uh, 
emotional pain, and actually it's even rotting away my physical body. And I have mistreated someone for years, and I stole from them, and I lied about them, and I proceeded to lie about everything, and now I lie in a, in a hospital room years later with cancer. And I'm on the verge of hitting eternity, and I know that earth is the place that I need to rid my life of sin, because if I don't, uh, heaven will not be my forever, but hell will. And God wants you to come to him and talk to him. He doesn't want you to hide and, and build a wall up and, and feel like you can't go to God because you did all this wickedness. God is merciful, and God longs to hear from you. All you have to do is say, God, I, I need to talk. I, I know I haven't been around for a long, long time, but I'm coming back today. I miss you. I miss you, God. And I miss the life you gave me, and I, I want to talk to you. You couldn't make God happier than returning to him and just talking to him about what you did and the sorrow of your heart, and let him lead you and guide you from there. Don't stay stuck in the result of your sin. There's no need to do that. Will God hear me if I have sin in my life? I mean, maybe I need to be perfect before I come to God. If you wait for that to happen, none of us would have ever come to God. The Bible clearly tells us that we've all been born into sin, and we had to take the exit, the exodus from sin through the blood of Christ into the kingdom of God and live with Christ on this earth. Uh, so we all talk to God in our sin. How could we even say, God, forgive me? if that wasn't the case. God loves sinners. He wants to remove the sin from you so you can be with him forever. He, he wants you safe, and he wants you to be his forever. So don't let sin get in the way of you communicating and, and, and talking to God. You know, Your relationship with God is the most important, special, intimate relationship you will ever have with anyone. You know, if you really want deep and meaningful relationships with others, it begins with a deep and meaningful, intimate relationship and honesty and transparency with your Creator and your Savior, hopefully. You know, when I look at humanity, I see all the nations in which God created. He's created everyone, but He's not everyone's father until they say, Will you be my dad? Will you be my father? I, I receive the blood of Jesus over my sins to remove them, and that makes me your son or daughter. It's one of the happiest things God listens for and makes him so thrilled. And all the angels rejoice. So you, you, you don't want to not talk to God just because of sin. Does God always answer our prayers? Well, God does answer our prayers, but God does not always give us what we think we want. You know, example, maybe you see a certain guy in church and you think, you know, you've had your eyes on him for a long, long time. And you think, you know, I really would like to date him and potentially marry him. And so, Lord, can you can you set that up? And every time you walk by him, you you look to see if he's looking at you, you know, that shows interest. Never does. He never looks at you. 
He has nothing to do with you. It's almost like you're invisible. But do you know that that's the answer to your prayer? God is saying, no, he's not the right one for you. And if you just hold off, I will lead you to the right one. Because God made individuals, but he also made couples. He made Adam individually. He made Eve individually. And then he made the couple. So he has somebody special for you. So God, God's ways and love are, are absolutely perfect. And sometimes we think we know what's best and we can, we can get upset, you know. But God says, trust me, there is no one in existence that loves you as much as I do. So where is God at when I pray? Well, God is always in heaven on his throne. Let's read this. Psalm 47, 8. God reigns over the heathen. God sits upon the throne of his holiness. And you know, heathens are sinners. And God so loves the world. Those are the people that are opposed to God and they rebel against God. But God is, is loving you no matter how much you despise him. And he's waiting for you to talk to him and to say, you know what? I think I'm wrong about you. Why don't you come in my life? And I'm going to open up this Bible and I want you, you, God, to teach me who you are and who I am supposed to be. It'll be the greatest adventure you ever set sail for. God is also all over the earth inside of the invisible realm. You know, we can see, like right now I can look out of my windows and I see a forest and, you know, the sunshine and it's a beautiful day. And if I go outside, I can see more inside. You know, I can see what's going on all around me. But there's another realm that um, naturally the humans on the earth do not view. They do not see. It is called the invisible realm where God and Jesus Christ, his son, and the Holy Ghost and the angels and the devil and the fallen angels that are called evil spirits uh, dwell. One day in 2001, while I was alone in my cottage waiting for God to intervene on my behalf, uh, one day he just walked right through my cottage walls. The Father... I saw the Son, Jesus Christ, and all these beautiful angels. And he opened up my eyes to see. If you haven't read my book, Real God, you can find it on www.realaron.org. It's a beautiful story of God's grace. <laughs> you know, when he reaches down inside of a sin-packed life, and he walks in with love and dignity and excellence. And he writes on the wall, Jesus loves Annie. And he begins to unpackage truth and release me from my physical hell I lived in and uh, teach me how to live. He is a beautiful, he has a beautiful soul, God. So God is omnipotent and he's everywhere at once. As Daniel 4.35 reads, and all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. And he does according to his will in the army of heaven. God actually has an army. Uh, it's called the host of the Lord, it, the angels. 
It's a beautiful thing. And among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand or tell God back up, you know, back up. Because God will do what God wants to do. I can just see Jonah as he was uh, running from God's will. You know, if you're running from God's will and placement for your life, you're not going to be very happy. <laughs> and God can place you in a very tight, restricted place to get you to see clearly the only intelligent decision for you to make is obedience. Because in obedience is blessing. Say that with me. In obedience is blessing. And in rebellion is correction and the curse. You don't want to go there. It's very hard. But if you're there, you can say, Father, forgive me. And then you get in line to do what's right, right? And you change lanes into blessing from correction and cursing, right? So nobody can say, say to God, back, back up there. So he, he reigns over all. And God, he is with us always. Let's read this. John 14, 23 tells us, Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words. And his words are his Bible. And keeping something is actually keeping that word going in you as we should on a daily basis. So Jesus is saying, if someone loves me, you say, I love you, Lord. He will, he will look at your life and he will say, but you don't love me according to how you should love me. You should be keeping my words. You should be keeping the word going in you daily. We all need to have our quiet time and our Bible time with God on a daily basis. He will keep my words and my father will love him. And we will come into him and make our abode with him. You will no longer live alone. But the Trinity is now inside of you and with you as you walk this journey with Christ. Is it okay to get mad at God when he doesn't answer my prayers? Have you ever been mad at God? You know, I, I've asked that to several different crowds, and I see people like kind of cringe, you know, get mad at God, you know, that's not acceptable. But um, if you if you live in close union with Christ as we're supposed to, my life is now hidden with Christ in God. And the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who died and gave his life for me, right? And so when God says no to you or God wants you to maybe work a little bit longer that day or God has you do things that necessarily aren't your forte are, are, are things that you wouldn't uh, pick out to do in his kingdom, <laughs> you know, or, or what your schedule maybe. God wants to shift it and change it or whatever the case might be. Uh, you, there, there can be some frustration or friction. Friction, uh, You know, if you work at any company and your boss comes in and says, I, I need a report done and I need it by 7 o'clock and it's 5 o'clock and you say, yeah, but I'm leaving at 5. And the boss says, I need it done. If seven o'clock, drop it off in my office. What are you going to do? See, when you work for God in ministry, God's the boss. He comes into, to, you know, he's right there at the desk and he says, I want this and I want that. And you say, hey, I can't do it, you know. Well, that's just not the way that the Father's business is operated. Amen. 
And even if you're not in ministry, just in life, maybe he said, you know, I want you to be kind to your husband. Every time he comes home, you gripe, 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 gripe. Why don't you instead have a nice atmosphere, have some nice instrumental music on, make a nice dinner, fix yourself up, for goodness sake, you know, invite him in, treat him like a king, and uh, watch him change. Well, I don't want to do that, you know, so you get angry at God. But, but the thing is, is if we would just put down our pride and say, you know, God, you're God alone. And you know, I'm not God. I'm not you. And so I submit to your love and your intelligence. Okay? And so when you submit to God's love and his intelligence, then you're going to get good results. And you won't be fighting with God all the time, right? But uh, God has, has given us a scripture about uh, not sinning when you're angry. You know, I'm angry against God and I'm going to sin against God. That is That is foolishness, stupidity at its finest. That's like taking a gun and shooting yourself. You don't want to do that. Ephesians 4.26 reads, Be angry. God knows you're going to get angry. God's gotten angry. You know, God has emotions. But God says, don't sin. Don't, in your anger, go sin and, and shoot your eye out. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. You also need to forgive God and allow him to give you what is best. Uh, sometimes we think we know what is best, of course, you know, but we need to submit under God's love and God's intelligence. I think that you and I both could agree that God, when I say God, I mean Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Trinity, they're much more intelligent than their creation, Right? So we need to just look at this for what it really is and say, not a problem, God. I know you've got it. I know you're much more intelligent than me. And I just submit to your love, to your direction, and to your intelligence. How long will it take God to answer my prayers? You know, that's a good question, isn't it? I mean, how long does it take? Is it one minute, two minutes, three minutes, two weeks, two months? How many? Well, we know that um, Abraham waited 25 years for his prayers to be answered. He desired a son of his own. And it took 25 years. Now, will it take 25 years for God to answer your prayers? Not necessarily. I've had my prayers answered right away. I've had to wait 16 months uh, for a specific prayer that was just beautiful. I remember praying to my mother and saying, Mom, I really want a baby sister. You know, I've got two brothers, but I really want a baby sister. And she said, Oh, no, no, Annie, we're done. We're done with the family. And I just sat on the steps and just cried and cried and cried. And I went upstairs and I talked to God when I was a little girl. I used to write him letters and just tuck him away. You know, I talked to God. I didn't know where he was at the time because we grow, not only physically, uh, but we grow spiritually. We progress, right? And so uh, one day, it was just, I think a couple months later, uh, Mom was uh, making dinner, and I would watch, sit on the steps. Our kitchen was really small. So I would just watch her, you know. I, I cleaned up after everybody ate. That was my job. But uh, she said, you're not going to believe this. She said, but I guess God has answered your prayers. I'm pregnant. And I was so excited. And out uh, nine months later came the baby girl that I prayed for. 
you know, I have so many answers to prayers, you know. Like when I was, I was sick and there was no hope for me. My, my body had been broken in a domestic violence assault. My cranium was cracked and my skeletal system shifted and it was all out of alignment and it was great pain for three years. And I prayed and prayed and prayed for God to either heal me or take me out because living in that condition was pure hell. It wasn't a life at all. And uh, God answered those prayers by coming in person and uh, performing uh, creative miracles right before my eyes. He's a beautiful, beautiful person, God. So sometimes God um, has to get us ready to receive uh, the answer to our prayer. An example, you might be wanting a child, you know. I want... I want uh, Maybe you're newlyweds and you want to have children. But God can see that there's areas in both of your lives that need to be built and strengthened to handle a child. And so you go uh, months and maybe years without conceiving. But in the meantime, God is growing you and making you stronger in those areas to be able to raise children. And so just trust him. And as you connect with God, as you read his word every morning and you have your quiet time and you're talking to God, he will download into you your direction specifically with your name on it. You know, I think the mistake is made when we look at somebody else and we, 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 it, it, we want to, uh, go the path they have. I think that's a disease. I think we can be inspired by others' paths and success in life. But if we missed out on that communion with God in the morning, communion meaning fellowship, where God sits down with us and we open up the word and he teaches us and, and he communicates to us about our specific day and the dream he has specifically for us and the manner he's going to bring that to pass. If we miss doing that, we've aborted our lives on earth and haven't come to the full maturity and place that God desires for all of us. So... Just let God, you know, you share your heart with God, uh, share your frustrations. You can vent. God is the mighty counselor, you know. You can let steam off so that you don't have to let steam off on others. You can vent with God. He says, come unto me, uh, all you who are weary and tired, you know, and I will refresh you. And he calls himself the mighty counselor, you know. And he is the mighty counselor. Because when I talk and he'll bring things out, he wants me to, to, to empty myself and, and empty the things within me that are, that are commotion, you know, empty the commotion, empty the chaos. So therefore, when you're empty, now I can fill you with peace. Do you see? And so sometimes he will keep pressing and pressing and pressing on a certain point of a frustration or a disappointment or a discouragement in your life for you to let it out. Because when you let it out, then he can replace it with truth and his perception and reality and peace. See? But if we want to hold on to things and frustration, uh, he can't work with that. So he wants you to be totally uh, yourself with him. He loves you. So we just need to be patient with God. You know... Uh, a lot of times people say, well, if you pray a certain way and you demand it right now, God, right now, you know, God's never told us to do that. 
he said to, through faith and patience, we receive. Do you see? He didn't say if you demand loud enough, it'll happen just like that. He said you have to have faith and you have to have patience. And I remember one day the Holy Spirit very clearly said to me, this is not magic. Life is not magic. Say one thing, get. Do one thing, get. It's a progression. It's a process of a building and, and implementation and, and to, to make your structure in a manner that you can hold what I want to give you, you know? And we all know that growth doesn't happen like a microwave minute, you know? Even if I planted a little seed to put outside to grow beautiful, beautiful floral tree, it's going to take time for that seed to, to sprout and to get depth in the water and the nutrients it needs to come up through many, many things. Many, many things that little seed has to come up and sprout and then it pops through the earth and we can see it. But it took a lot, lot of process uh, for that seed to even become a stem to pop out. And then it has to grow and uh, develop in order to hold branches and and, and, and flowers and then the birds of the air come and perch in its branches and find rest and, and intelligence in the Lord. Do you see? And we are those trees. So we have to be patient with God. And we have to have faith. We believe you, God. Everything you've said in your, in your Bible and, uh, in, in your direct communication with me about my specific the specific goal you have for me on earth, and the specific process and strategy you've given me to reach that goal with you. So, Hebrews 6.12 reads, That you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise. It's not demand, I demand it now, now, you know, and God's like, okay, let's, let's throw that in the trash, that teaching, do you know? I mean, it's one thing when you have somebody that you're working on to bring deliverance and freedom from the devil. You know, you demand that thing to exit. You don't play with it, you know. That's got to go right away because we have all authority over that. But even even when you're praying for someone to be healed, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. We have miracles and we have healings. Miracles are instant, instant, uh, instant, resolution, instant restoration. And we see those miracles. I've had those miracles. But also we have the miracle of healing where it's progressive. Maybe somebody needs to repent and reform their ways and then God will heal their land. Second Chronicles 7.14. Or maybe God is trying to get them into the word where uh, they will be healed from just taking in the word as Proverbs chapter 4 uh, verse 20 through 23 states that when we attend to God's word, that it will be life and health to all of our flesh. And so we need to rem- remember that prayer is communication, which includes both speaking and listening. So we need to listen to God after we've, we've told him what we want or how we feel. Uh, we just need to be still in his presence. And we have many prayer scriptures here that God speaks about prayer and communication. First Thessalonians uh, 5, 16 through 17 says, Rejoice evermore and pray without ceasing. We have 1 John 5, 14. 
And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So God is is wanting to give you the desires of your heart. He places his desires in your heart, and you communicate back to him your desires. We have Colossians 4.2. Continue in prayer. Continue in your communication with God and watch in the same with thanksgiving. So we thank you, God, that you've heard my prayer and you will bring it to pass. You know, we know that God wants everybody healthy and provided for and a sound mind and a good life. And he wants to bring all people into their promised land, into their destiny, into their assignment, into the image of Jesus and into heaven with great reward. So I just want you to know, keep communicating with God. Aleron International Ministries Incorporated appreciates all of its faithful covenant partners and wishes each and every one of you a beautiful life with Jesus. Please visit Rieloron today at www.rieloron.org.